for joining us. So, if we were going to make Revenge of the Fallen better, what would we do, aside from definitely not killing off Jeffire? Well, first, uh, let's establish some general rules for this thought exercise. The same basic skeleton of the movie must stay intact, since we are trying to fix it, not redo it entirely. Um, generally, the same characters should be involved, but characters could return from the first one instead. Um, I know in the previous movie review, we talked about doing it as a TV show or something, but for right now, let's pretend that the first movie happened as is. Aside from just surviving. Yeah, because killing him off was really dumb and it happened at the end of the movie anyway, so it doesn't really change anything in the first movie. Yep. So, first off, cast change! Uh, we're gonna remove Devastator, Grinder, Volt, Skids, and Mudflap. Mm-hmm. And add returning characters from the first movie, which would be Maggie, Glenn, John Keller, a blackout by way of they maybe resurrected him at the same time as Megatron, and Jazz. Yep. Since we've removed Volt Skids and Mudflap, we're going to add in Sunstreaker. This way we can still exploit the brotherly dynamic that people who are used to G1 would uh, be used to, and, you know, using an existing character and re relationship dynamic. Right. And B's voice box is still intact. He and Sam are actually friends. Sam does not treat him like a fucking dog or some weird possession. Mm-hmm. B comes with Sam to college because at this point, Sam kind of does have a target on his back. Yeah, which I think is fair. The Decepticons are still around. We established that pretty early. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. And at this point, I don't know, maybe treat it like Sam's ineffectively robot witness protection. Yeah. Optimus does not die at any point in this because it would be completely pointless to the story we're trying to tell. Yeah. Sector 7 has been folded into Nest and some major retraining on uh, how to treat the giant robots maybe has happened. Simmons has become significantly less of an asshole after getting to know the Autobots. Or at least we would hope. Yeah. You know, because some mutual respect would probably have been earned since, you know, this movie started. Sector 7 did effectively imprison Megatron for decades successfully. They clearly have knowledge and skills that could be useful for, you know, both finding and capturing the remaining Decepticons. Yeah. I feel like the Autobots would still be a bit skeeved out about some of the things Sector 7 did, they but... They probably would, and I think it would have to be handled really well, and hence why Simmons needs to be less of a dick. Yeah, though at this point, probably all of the Autobot... Let's just go with the whole war criminals thing. Yeah. Everyone's done things that they regretted in the, the war. Michaela is now training under Ratchet. She knows a lot about machines and showed promise at the end of the first movie, so let's actually do something with that. And make it so Sam isn't her only friend, because that's sad. It like, she can is. have Maggie and Glenn. And the RCs. Yeah. Uh, Maggie and Glenn are now our two tech-oriented people on the team. Yep. Lennox and Epps are functionally in the same roles as the movie. But now John Keller is the head of Nest Operations instead of some random guy. Yep. Simmons is their information guy, and I mean, actually, John Keller... This could be his job after he retires from whatever the hell he was doing. Right, because it, it was very much, they said Obama in this movie, so it's clear Obama is now the president. He definitely wasn't in the first movie. Yeah. So, similar to Prime, you could also pair our main human characters up with their partners. We had a whole breakdown on this, but it wasn't really important to kind of everything else. But, you know, aside from just Sam and Bumblebee, you could have the characters paired up too. 
Ratchet and Optimus would not have partners and would live on base. So Optimus runs Autobot operations and Ratchet is in charge of the medbay. But the biggest and most important change is that everyone has friends, hobbies, relationships with each other, and they are an actual team. Yes, catching the Decepticons is important, but they have to live too. It's heavily implied Optimus considers Earth their new home in the movies and uh, that they should be trying to make it home. So Stam still goes to college on the East Coast, but uh, perhaps somewhere closer to DC? The where isn't really important just as long as it works out geographically for some of the stuff we mentioned later. And is reasonably prestigious. I mean, considering that we don't even know what the hell Sam is even going for, I'm not sure what prestige even matters. I don't even know either, but I'm just sort of operating under the assumption of he seems to want to go to a prestigious school. Yeah. So Leo is his only roommate, as the others are hardly in the movie at all and don't add anything to it. Now that Simmons is involved in Nest, there is no reason for Leo to be running the website, but if we do really want to drag him along in all this, he could be a big conspiracy boss. Yeah, he may be wrong about a lot of things, but damn if he's right about those giant robots. This is probably super awkward for Sam and B. The bit with the AllSpark still happens at the beginning, Sam still downloads a bunch of junk into his brain, but now he hands the fragment off to Michaela to give to the Autobots. The wheelie bit is mostly intact as well, but less horny and more Michaela is a warrior goddess. Yep, considering that she can kick his ass, she can <laughs> kick anyone's ass. Sam has his freak out in class, but now his professor or someone sitting in nabs him for an internship at the Air and Space Museum because he's... I don't know. Sam he somehow manages to solve some sort of impossible equation or something. Yeah. Uh, Leo maybe can already be an intern by doing something more marketing or advertising based. This will allow them access to the museum without the whole underpants bit. Which was completely pointless. Yep. Alice is now also another intern. She attempts to flirt with Sam but gets nowhere because Sam is in a committed fucking relationship. Yeah. Alice can now copy other people's appearances and does so with Michaela based on uh, seeing her or hearing her and Sam on a video call to each other. Now the movie really splits between the A-plot and the B-plot. The A-plot remains functionally similar to the main movie, The Misadventures of Sam and Co. The B-plot is now, the Decepticons are wrecking havoc, and the Autobots are spread very thin, trying to mitigate as much damage as possible. We're told in the movie that several thousand people have been killed, but it doesn't really affect the plot in a meaningful way. Like, it mostly seems like these are just the people who... Like, military people. Yeah. Not that they don't matter, but again, it just doesn't affect the plot. Like, yeah. it doesn't change how the Autobots are behaving. Yeah. Because stuff that happens on a ship, that's very contained. That's one ship. Whereas stuff happening in... Several city cities. Center. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bit... Wide, a bit more widespread and, you know, you're not able to hush that up. But now, that's the main reason the group is split up and why Sam doesn't have backup in Egypt initially. Yep. Out of the remaining team members, Michaela, Simmons, and Wheelie are the ones who head to DC because everyone else is headed somewhere else. But now, instead of walking in on Sam kissing another woman, he's kissing Michaela. Naturally, we get the Michaela versus Alice showdown that we deserve. The cons' actions during all this stay relatively the same, except now it's Soundwave who's in charge of the mission to revive Megatron. Still in space, still satellite. They're still searching for Sam to get the information out of his head. But the Fallen is now the thing they're trying to activate instead of the Star Harvester. To beat a Prime, they need a Prime after all. And the Fallen's locked in stasis or sort of kind of dead or something. Yeah. 
whatever it is, they need the Matrix of Leadership to revive him, and they also still need Sam to find both the Fallen's location and the Matrix's location. Same thing happens where Sam's group realizes that they need to talk to a very old Cybertronian because neither B or Wheelie can read the text that he is stuck in his head. Ah, <sighs> the equivalent of asking someone who speaks French or, I don't know, Esperanto to speak Latin. French would be too close. <laughs> Wheelie points out Jetfire in a picture. Sam realizes that Jetfire is in the museum and he's like walked by this five dozen times <laughs> and they all go to revive him. Uh, the Allspark fragment reacts before they see the now very well hidden Decepticon badge. Jetfire's bid is still pretty much the same. They're all teleported to Egypt. The tomb is made out of the prime bodies, possibly in Petra again still. Yeah, the location of it doesn't nece isn't necessarily important. Yeah. Only now the Primes had sealed the, the Fallen away somewhere else before sealing the Matrix away with themselves to keep him from being reactivated. The race is on for Sam's group to try and find the Matrix while the rest of the Autobots are attempting to deal with the Decepticon attacks and still somehow support Sam's group, who only has Bumblebee with them for defense. All without drawing the cons' attention to what they're actually doing. Sam retrieves the Matrix from Petra, but it doesn't crumble away into sweaty sock dust this time. Uh, the Autobots and Sam's group converge on the Fallen's tomb, planning on destroying him before the Decepticons can revive him. Somehow. <laughs> Maybe it's that Optimus could destroy him, I don't know. Yeah, but surprise! Soundo's been monitoring communications and they've been followed, so before the rest of the Autobots can get there, Megatron gets his hand on the Matrix and resurrects the Fallen. And we discussed going a couple of different ways with this, but ultimately we thought it would be interesting if combiners were still important to the final battle. Kind of like how Optimus and Jetfire combined, sort, sort of. of. <laughs> it can also be used to differentiate toys from the previous movie and this one. The Autobots arrive, a fight ensues! In order to defeat Optimus, Megatron is willing to make a somewhat literal deal with the devil and combines with the Fallen. So Optimus can be defeated by his or their own hand. Optimus is losing until Jetfire shows up. Seekers, as we mentioned, are absolutely ancient Cybertronians, younger only than the original Primes. And in the novels, Jetfire and the Fallen had previously worked together. Mm -hmm. So to fight the Fallen Megatron Combiner, Jetfire and Optimus must combine as well. So now we can still have nifty air fights. And god, I keep wanting to make a joke about plain pants or something. <laughs> uh, this all plays out about how you'd expect. Yep. Optimus and Jetfire are better at working together and relying on each other's strengths and knowledge of their opponents. Megatron and the Fallen begin trying to wrestle control back and forth from each other. In the end, Optimus and Jetfire are willing to risk everything to stop the Fallen and Megatron from destroying Earth, but Megatron is not willing to get himself killed because of the Fallen's mistakes and abandons him. Yep. Fleeing with himself, Starscream, and any remaining Decepticons. And the Fallen is killed by, frankly, any other method than having his fucking face ripped off. Yep. The heroes are victorious, the Earth is saved, and with a renewed vow of protecting the planet from the Decepticons, the credits roll. And yes, I know we didn't really develop the B-plot very much, but again, working with what happened in the movie proper and seeing how we can prove it, ideally, somebody who actually writes script would be able to kind of think of an interesting B-plot and tie all of this together. Uh, that would be both interesting and a way to further the characters or and or the relationships with each other. Yeah. Like, it would be kind of hilarious if they ended up all being, like, inter if the humans all ended up being internet buddies and not actually realizing it. <laughs> but yeah, that's our summary of how we would try to fix this movie. 
take it as you will. We're not even saying we're amazing. We just really did not like the original film. Yeah. I mean, would this be an improvement? It's a your mileage would vary thing. <laughs> and it also kind of depends on what you like. If you like giant action scenes, you probably would like Revenge of the Fallen. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, join us next time when we kind of get back to our normal G1 shtick. Otherwise, you know, hopefully we'll see you like a year from now and do Dark of the Moon. And, uh, uh, oh wow, I have feelings. <laughs> mm -hmm. Toodles. <laughs>